This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Audrey. What's up, Christina? I would love to talk to you today about Kiefer, specifically Lifeway Kiefer. Do you know these words that I'm that I'm telling you? I gotta say that when you first introduced Kiefer to me as a product, all I could think of was that it sounded like a, a terrible Aki nickname. That's an interesting place for your mind to go, but you're completely wrong, actually. And I'm gonna talk to you about Kiefer right now. Kiefer is not a man. Kiefer is a fermented milk drink, similar to a thin yogurt that is made from kefir grains. And you know that if I have to choose between a man and a fermented milk drink, I'm choosing the drink every time. Oh yeah, no question. You can go to www.lifewaykefir.com to learn more, select the where to buy tab, and then from there, you guys can put in your address and you can find Lifeway products anywhere that's sold in stores near you. You can also buy online and you can buy from any online retailer like Instacart, Walmart, or Amazon Fresh. Blue Wire. Let's fuck this shit. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? I just want to say that it's 9.58 p.m. Oh, it's actually past my bedtime. My bedtime's at 9.57 p.m. It's a really specific bedtime. <laughs> Also, it's actually not 9.57, it's actually 8.59, because I don't recognize any other time zone other than the one that I'm in, <laughs> which is also the same reason that I think whichever way I'm facing is north. Dude, I am exhausted. Today has taken a physical, emotional toll on me, mostly because I was so stressed out about the Yotes Preds game. <laughs> Are sentence, you for real? A sentence that I did not think would come out of my mouth this year, wow. to be honest. There was a time in the fall when the Yotes were doing pretty well that I remember saying on this year's show, Yotes Western Conference Champions 2020? Question. Question. Um, and we're just manifesting. We're putting it out into the universe. And I would like to welcome everybody back to Puck Money's a hockey podcast. Damn, you really manifested that little segue there. I'm Christina. I'm Audrey, and we are brought to you by Blue Wire, and this week by Lifeway Keeper. Well, uh, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. We don't have a lot of energy to do it. I'm getting amped up. I'm drinking a gluten-free, sugar-free, low-carb cider. <laughs> so you're drinking water. <laughs> Basically, I'm drinking water with a little bit of apple juice. <laughs> Uh, I'm drinking water and vodka, just straight up seltzer and uh, and vodka, like I'm a Russian man. It's spicy water, it's fine. 
Right. I find it very, like, I feel classy when I drink it. It's like, I'm like, yeah, I'm really drinking to feel the effects, <laughs> not for the taste at all. <laughs> we decided to not record last night and to wait until to record tonight because of the slate of games that just happened today. And I'm so glad we did. Friday, August 7th. I've seen it called Black Friday. That's Scott Burnside. <laughs> coined that term okay elimination friday and it truly has been an up and down roller coaster christina just finished watching the chicago blackhawks knock out the edmonton oilers i have been watching the columbus blue jackets slowly systematically destroy the toronto maple leafs um so this obviously did not happen and uh we would i guess like to wish the Toronto Maple Leafs, good luck in game five against the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. They are really just taking it apart piece by piece. They're putting on a clinic, as the old guys would say. (laughs) We don't know what kind of clinic, but they're putting one on. (laughs) An STD treatment clinic. But this has been truly a night of upsets. And what's so weird about this is that I'm not surprised at all. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Like three days ago, the Hurricanes, the Carolina Hurricanes, completed their sweep of the New York Rangers. That was three days ago? Yeah. I mean, like, I think so. I don't know. Everything's three days ago to me now. (laughs) (laughs) This is an example, I think, of what you were just saying, because I was not surprised by this at all. I thought maybe the Rangers would steal a game and the the Canes would uh, advance in four. But goddamn. I'm feeling pretty fucking wise for putting that cane sweep on there. I don't know why I did that, but I was just like, I have a feeling. I feel like a lot of the teams that were higher seated in the play-in tournament were not, they, they were weak in a lot of really obvious areas, yes. right? The Rangers just never had a defense. We have seen in the past 48 to 72 hours, the inherent weaknesses of opening the playoffs to 24 teams, right? Right. You have teams like the Rangers who walk in and people start being like, I don't know, the Rangers could give the Canes a run for their money. Like they have Lundquist, they have Mika Zibanejad, they have Artemi Panarin. And that entire first six months or whatever of the season where they had no discipline, no defense, and no secondary scoring, just like completely erased. They got cratered underneath their own myth almost, you know? And if you watch a lot of games, I mean, for the entire season, like we do, it's so unsurprising whenever these kind of sweeps. If you're a big pervert like me and Audrey. If you're addicted to the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> but here's what, here's what it comes down to for me a lot, is that the teams that are doing well now are the ones who are better conditioned. And any team that Rod Brindamore is going to be the coach of is going to be right, one of the West, right. best well-conditioned teams in the league. You see the same thing with in the Blackhawks game I was just watching. They're just faster. They're, they're forcing the, the back check harder. Yeah. And they, when you are better conditioned, you can put more pressure on the opposing team. All I'll say is, I think Ryan Zingle posted a video of them at the pool today on his Instagram story. And it was a video of Joel Edmondson sitting by the pool. Oh. They are well conditioned. Ooh. They look well conditioned. Would you uh, like message me that link? <laughs> after, after we didn't finish recording. I did think that the Kane series was weird to watch because... Artemi Panarin didn't produce at the level that I think a lot of people were um, expecting. And also you have Henrik Lundqvist potentially playing his last games in a Rangers jersey. Yeah, he looked sad. He looked handsome and sad. I know, I could fix him. Uh, The Canes weren't the only upset this week, were they? 
Los Habs. Lace Habs. We're proud of them. We both took Spanish, so. <laughs> the Habs? You guys know me. I'm pleased as punch that the Pittsburgh Penguins were upset. Both and upset on what day? and upset on Sidney Crosby's birthday. The Habs, we have a hard time talking about because, like, try and name three players on the Habs who aren't Carey Price. Uh, there's one guy who had a really hard shot. Shea Weber. Shea Weber. Nice. That's one. Okay, well, I can name one. I can name Shea Weber, who is their captain. So, like, you get points. I watched today's Habs game where they knocked out Penguins. And it, I don't know if this is a testament to the Montreal Canadiens or not. But I think this, this series was less about how good the Habs were and more about how bad the Pens are when you don't have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and also Matt Murray producing at the level that people expect in the playoffs. Right, instead of you have like one stacked line and that's it. And what's so weird is that they have battled injuries for like the entire season. And now that they have everybody, they're just it was not good hockey to watch. It's a very similar situation to the Rangers in that I'm like, okay, great. You have one really insanely scary top scoring line, right? And right. then your defense is like, okay, Chris Letang, great, cool, cool, cool. And then you make your way down and it's like Jack Johnson, um, who's <laughs> playing 13, 15 minutes a night. I'm like, maybe not. Jack Johnson is like, an, like a haunted artifact that just gets passed around by teams. He can't not play because there's there's some like soul arrangement there. But he you is know, just Patrick Marlowe, who again is just like getting handed around, and it's like that video of the kids at the cafeteria table like passing around the water bottles really fast. That's Patrick yes. Marlowe over the past couple of years. <laughs> again, like you said, these are upsets in that you look at the year's record before the pause, mm-hmm. but you could poke holes in these teams long before the season restarted. And it's happening not just in the play-in rounds, but also the round robins. The Dallas Stars have lost nine games in a row. They do not deserve to be, you know, fighting for seeding. They should they should be fighting to be in the playoffs. Right. But this is just the side effects of, like, the decision that they had to make. And they also, I saw some tweets that they were floating around of, like, making this the playoff style every year. And I would not like that. How do you you feel about that? Do you like the play-in? I don't know. The play-in, I think, is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But I just think that right now, it's so hard for me not to think of this year as just a one-off, what-the-fuck-are-we-doing situation that's never going to happen again. A big part of that, to me, is thinking about the four months between when the pandemic started and when the season was paused and then all the time they were planning out this playoff format and during all that time how teams had a chance to really break down and analyze all the possible Mm -hmm. opponents they might be facing and I think we're seeing a lot of that I think we're seeing a lot of strategic thinking that maybe they don't have as much time to focus on during the regular playoff format where we go straight from the regular season into the playoffs. And so you think that there are some teams who capitalize on that more than others? <laughs> For DHS. Yeah, like I would like to think that that's what is happening, but I don't trust, trust these boys to do anything. I mean, it seems like the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, spent their quarantine giving each other coronavirus on jet skis. 
Honestly, I wish uh, that's how I had spent mine. No, I meant more in that, like, there are some coaches who are really going to be able to exploit that, having these four months off. And I just think it's it's unique strengths. I think we're seeing that with John Tortorella, for example. Yes. That this is a team who was able to smother the lightning last year, and now they're doing the exact same thing mm-hmm. to the Leafs. And the Leafs their top players aren't producing. And it, is that an effect of having these four months off where they had to keep themselves in shape and practice by themselves and like not having the momentum of the regular season going in? That's why it's hard for me to say, okay, I would love to see this playoff format again because I think mm-hmm. the results are so uniquely interesting to this year. So do you think that this is going to play into people considering this Stanley Cup is like not a real Stanley Cup? Because see what I see what I see happening is that all these random ass teams yeah. are advancing. And so they're gonna say like this because of everything else. So it's not a real cup. But say if all these upsets had not happened, I think it would have been much easier for people the media to accept that this right. is a Stanley Cup on the same level of all the others, if not higher. And also people are so so biased, myself included. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean I don't think the Arizona Coyotes are gonna <laughs> win the Stanley Cup but it's like I think you I think you really do <laughs> I really don't I just want to go on the record as saying I have no expectations but like that's the thing is I have at this point I have no expectations of any one team I can't mm-hmm. pick one team that I think oh hell yeah these are the guys that I'm picking my ride or die to go all the way not even the Caps like I don't feel that way about the Caps either they've lost all of their round robin games so far So I think it's so up in the air that I'm not really attached to any one particular team. There's definitely a lot of people who I would like to see win it. But also, if the Blackhawks win the cup, I will jump off the GW Bridge. (laughs) Who have we not talked about We haven't talked about the Jets. Oh, (sighs) well, uh, I had one really great pick this week, which was, you know, picking the Canes to sweep. Uh, I had one very bad pick, which is where I picked the Jets to sweep. And they got swept, actually. They had they won one. They got one. They won one. And honestly, it, it wasn't... That one was not their fault, in the words of Harrison Ford. It was not their fault, because they got hammered by injuries. Yes. So I, I don't think Patrick Laine or Mark Shifley played more than one game in the they series. They did not. And the, they both played game one and then were out for the rest of the series. And those are their two big scorers. And Connor Hallibuck was really, really good this series as well. Mm-hmm. It's just that my dad just texted me, the Penguins are out. Indeed they are. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the Jets are a team that this entire regular season too, they just were hammered and hammered and hammered by unfortunate injury after unfortunate injury, and they just kept going. Mm-hmm. That was a disappointment to me, and it's just like the dumb luck of the sport is that damn they could have really scratched and clawed their way into a playoff spot and instead they just had really bad luck to me the pens and the jets are similar teams because they have a lot of guys who are reaching probably the end of the road in terms of their windows and so this was i know probably the pens last big ride with the whole with the whole gang together and i think that's probably true of winnipeg as well i think they're gonna they're probably gonna get raided over uh i guess i almost said the summer as if like yeah. that's when the, the trading <laughs> deadline was gonna happen but it, it, it's just a disappointment because like blake wheeler is so pretty i know he's so nice to look at 
And it's so important that he is happy. And, and so that's and why he's I'm sad. smart and he has good opinions. Do you know how rare that is? The club is very small. It's like him, Brayden Holtby. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm so excited to talk about our partnership with Lifeway Kefir. So Kefir, if you don't already know, is a delicious fermented milk drink, kind of like a watery yogurt, but in the best way possible. Kefir has many benefits. It's incredibly probiotic, so it's really good for your gut health. It also has a lot of protein, so if you're someone who likes to work out, maybe swig a kefir right before you hit the gym. I found Lifeway Kefir in the basement of a downtown office building in Chicago, and I immediately became obsessed with their smoothies. If you're lucky enough to live in Chicago, uh, I really recommend getting the Green Dream smoothie. But if you don't live in Chicago, there's lots of places to buy Lifeway no matter where you are. If you log on to lifewaykefir.com and click where to buy, you can input your zip code and find some Lifeway Kefir near you. Again, the Puck Bunnies remain undefeated in their predictions. I've been saying for years that the Nashville Predators are not good. Yes. And the, the Canucks are good. Well, let's not go that far. I'm really happy for my boys. I'm happy for Phil Kessel. I'm happy for Taylor Hall, who has moved on. While his former teammate, Connor McDavid, has once again gone home. Wow, that has to hurt. You know what I mean? Like, they were both so on even footing for a while since both of them played for bad teams. That's got to be a, a rough group text. I would love to take some calls. Would you like me to read you a text? Okay, hit me. Hi, Bunnies. Based on their performance in the playoffs and regular season, who do you think deserves the Calder? I adore both Hughes and Makar and have no idea who deserves it more. Here's the thing. We shouldn't have to pick who deserves it more. That's why the Calder should be random. It should just be based on vibes alone. And if we're basing it on vibes, then we have to go with Quinn. (laughs) It's really hard because during the four months where we had no hockey, I forgot how much I love watching the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. They might be my favorite team in the West, other than the Canucks. They're my favorite team in the West who are actually on their face good. Um, right. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. And I turned on my first Avs game in four months, like two days ago, and immediately Kale McCarr scored. And I was oh. like, man, I really missed watching this little infant who sneaks out of people's basement windows so he doesn't disturb them coming in and out of the house that he's living in. (laughs) That's so sweet. So rare, I think, that we get two Calder candidates who are both, like, sweeties. I will make the case for Quinn. Quinn is a stoner and seems very funny. And and he gets so many goals. He's a little goals boy. He's small goals boy. And I like that he's small and I like that he gets goals and I also find Kale a little a little off-putting. <laughs> also, if we continue down this vibes alone road, I do think it would be extremely funny if Quinn Hughes won the Calder the year after Jack was the number one overall draft pick and the Devils it like finished last in the league. I cannot even imagine how weird it is in the Hughes household right now. Because, like, I mean, I'm projecting a lot here, but I imagine there was probably, like, a lot of pressure put on Jack just because he's the better one. And then his dipshit brother is just tearing it up in Vancouver. Hi, Audrey, Christina. My name's Sophia, calling from Houston, Texas. Um, My question is, if you could have your dream emo DIY band formed out of hockey players from this season, 
uh, who would the players be and what would the players, uh, what would the band's name be? Love you guys. Thank you. Okay. So this is a great question. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. I did. I did a little bit of research on this one because <laughs> you know I could have just assigned players positions on vibes alone, but I actually wanted to see like which players actually play instruments, and it's a lot of them. It's one of those like brain body connection activities where it mm-hmm. keeps your mind sharp and it keeps your your body sharp at the same time. Exactly, and that's why I think it's interesting that so many goalies are musicians. So here, here's my lineup. Okay. We got Holpe on guitar, lead guitar. Obviously. Obviously, he's so hot. I could see him with like his shirt unbuttoned down and some chains. Well, it would look very, very good. You texted me earlier today and you were like, does Holpe play drums or am I making that up? <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty sure he only plays guitar. And then you realized that you were confusing Braden Holpe with Josh Tillman, aka Father John Misty, because they are they are basically the same person in your mind at this point. I realize that Father John Misty makes very important music to Miss Audrey Bowler. That's correct. But I they're they're interchangeable <laughs> men in my mind. But he would be he would be on guitar. We got Mika on synth, our little DJ boy. Ooh, it's gonna be a little bit of a uh, electronic focused like DIY emo band. Arcade fire up in here. Oh yeah, and to continue the vibes. So I found out that Ryan O'Reilly sings and writes his own Aww. music. Of course, so does. Ryan O'Reilly is on vocals. Also, I feel like crashing your car into a Tim Hortons is very emo. Oh, totally. That's like some like brand new shit yeah. right there. I wasn't a fan of hockey before, like when all that was happening. So I just thought Ryan O'Reilly was like a nice wholesome man, but apparently accidents happen. It's fine. That's true. And finally, we rounded out with Tukarask on the drums. He's an accomplished drums oh, that's player. that's right. I knew there was a goalie who was a drummer. Isn't that weird? I, can't, I would feel kind of freaked out if you can't play drums. <laughs> it's very scary. So I, I just have like a couple additions to this, but my most okay. important one is obviously Rube Hans. Does he play something? No, but he just has the look. Oh, Put him on base. Who cares? Yeah, he's he's like the band manager. <laughs> he's he at the merch so table. <laughs> Ruby Hans is a drip god, and I'm not afraid to say it. I went into this fully based off vibes alone. Okay, hit and us. it's definitely him. Wait, I got one. Victor Hedman. God, yeah. Front man. Oh, he's so hot. <laughs> Victor Hedman on base would be too powerful for me. We wouldn't be able to go. To I got to stop thinking about this. Okay, I have one more text for you. And it's addressed to you, but it's really for both of us. So this is from Kathy, who says, Christina, I'm still shook that you said you don't trust Robin Leonard's motives. I'm biased as an Islanders fan, but I find his growth, both politically as well as his openness about his mental health and addiction, to be pretty inspiring. And I don't see anything wrong with someone owning up to their past mistakes. Is there anything specific about him that gave you a red flag? It's a really great question. Yeah, this is referring to on the last episode we talked about how interesting it was that Robin Leonard was one of the players at the Stars Knights game who kneeled during the national anthems. It's hard to trust a lot of the stuff that he does just because he's known for doing a lot of stunts. I also want to say that baseline, I think neither of us trust 99.9% of NHL players, like across the board. Right. <laughs> So you're already operating from there. 
Exactly. And and he's known for being someone who really likes to make a splash and, and do a lot of weird sit-down interviews with the athletic writer from uh, Chicago. I'm not sure if stunt is the right word. What I'm thinking of is like, he likes to make a statement. And a lot of times in the past, his statements have seemed very driven by impulse. Exactly. And also he... He has made political statements in the past as well. And I do see him growing. Because I, I read a lot about after when he talked about how he came to the decision to kneel. And it seems like he actually had thought about it a lot. So I do retract some of those statements. But it's just so hard whenever I see, I see it in my real life too. A bunch of people who thought it was really funny to wear MAGA hats. Mm-hmm. And then it happened and then it wasn't so funny anymore. And I feel like that I'm projecting a little bit of that onto him. Oh, so you just now realize that you can't say stuff like that? Like, I'm sick of that. I see that every day and I'm sick of it. And I don't need it to see him doing that. So I think it's probably just a personal thing. It's one thing to be like, okay, I'm applying to separate tweets. Like, hey, I actually really regret painting Make America Great Again, Go Trump on on my goalie mask from like two years ago. (laughs) It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to go out and make... I think it would have been more effective if he separately and publicly said, I've really had a change of heart about who I am and how I identify Mm -hmm. politically and like kind of how I think about the world and inequality. And this is why I've decided to kneel with my teammates. But that's it's asking a lot, not just of someone who has struggled with the things that he's struggled with, but also of a professional athlete who at their core Robin Leonard is a white guy who's not from this country. Mm-hmm. And he's working in an industry where it is openly discouraged to have any sort of political opinion or like distinct personality. So I realize <laughs> what I'm asking is a lot, but I think that would have been the most effective way of going about it is if he had been able to incorporate this statement for Black Lives Matter with a statement about my opinions have changed, my views have changed, here I am publicly coming out and explaining this. Exactly. But I, I don't think it's realistic that that was ever going to happen. No, I don't think it's realistic. And I also think that is part of what made me think it was so impulsive. Yes. Because from the, from the story that had been told about like the decision to kneel at that game, it was that both it was announced in both the locker rooms. So he was just one of the only ones who did it. And it's interesting, though, that we're having this conversation about him versus like Tyler Sagan, who I do think actually did it, did a politics as a as an athlete. Had an opinion. I don't know. I, I It's hard because once again, like hockey players are notoriously so private that I don't think we're ever going to know for sure. And also, I have seen a lot of people projecting their own political opinions and their own like, well, I really want Tyler Sagan to be a good guy. So I'm going to say, oh, he probably was doing this because he's truly at his heart. Tyler Sagan is Antifa. (laughs) It's one of those things where for a lot of celebrities and particularly professional athletes, I think because they are so highly managed and because they have such a strict brand adherence to stick to, it is always going to be almost impossible to tell whether something is for appearances or Mm -hmm. genuine. And that's not, I mean, that's not just like a Robin Leonard thing. I think that's just like a a hockey-wide thing. That's all we got. That's all we got. 
I'm tired. It's like almost 11 o'clock. It's been a long day. We've watched probably like 12 hours of hockey combined between the both of us today. So I think it's like, it's fucking time to go to bed. It's time to go to fucking bed. It's time to dream about next week when we'll be together. A little, little spicy note for the pod there. Teaser, teaser for the fans. I almost belched directly into, <laughs> into my mic. So I think we're done. <laughs> Guys, if you would like to call in for next week's episode, you can reach us at 774-318-6952. You can also follow us on Twitter at PuckBunnies underscore pod. Or you can follow us on Instagram at PuckBunniesPod. If you would like to make Audrey and I very, very happy, you can rate and review us on iTunes. That helps us get bumped up in the ratings, and that's all we care yeah. about. And also, if you would like to give us some money, you can do that at patreon.com slash puckbunnies. Who says we don't care about numbers and stats? <laughs> also, I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank lately, and whenever you asked me the number, I thought we were going to say it together. <laughs> that how One, they do, and two. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Audrey. <laughs> I'm Christina. This has been Puck Bunnies. Bye, guys. Have a good weekend.